What's up, boys and girls? We are back. Gate 7 International on fire. We're fucking pumped. Hope you guys are too. Big win. And, of course, that juicy intro always gets us moving. <laughs> boys, how are we feeling? How are we feeling? You know what they say, Ari? You never forget your first. <laughs> you, you never forget the first. Ike is never going to forget that first one, too. Sinigamas, boys. This is uh, something that we can all cheers to today. We've got our, yeah. we've got our drinks here. Costa's got uh, a lovely tsai, Costa. <laughs> yep. I'm on ibuprofen. I'm on ibuprofen. Can't drink oh. alcohol. Anyway. Oh, but yeah, you know, yeah. what, what, whatever happens in these playoffs, which we'll get to, they will always remember who popped their cherry in Ayasofia. <laughs> they will never forget. You never forget your first, ladies and gents. No, you don't. Costa, what are you drinking over there, buddy? I didn't see the can. I'm having uh, some lovely beer to uh, to uh, celebrate this event. Finally, Olympiacos win a derby. I was about, I'm telling you, I was working all day and I just couldn't find any time to, to, to see. When was the last time Olympiacos didn't win a single derby during a normal period? And I wanted to see if that happened during the Petrina Hronia. Was there a time when Olympiacos didn't win a single derby in the Petrina Hronia? Thankfully, that research wasn't needed. And well, I mean, headline, what's the headline? Olympiacos are back. This is it, boys. That's that's exactly what Olympiacos needed. And I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago if Olympiacos had beaten Panathinaikos. I wouldn't have said Olympiacos are back. But now, beating the best team in Greece, destroying their undefeated streak at home in their new stadium. Guys, this is a new game. The game has changed. I wouldn't have said that two weeks ago if we had beaten Panathinaikos. I'm saying it now. The game has changed. That it has, that it has. And boys, my drink of choice today is a, is a good old, this is mead for those of you that are not aware. This is a honey wine and it's got uh, blueberries and whatever black currant is. It tastes fantastic. So that's what I'm drinking in celebration for today. And it is a good day worthy of celebration and a nice beer or drink, whatever you may have in front of you. So before we get the discussion moving, guys, there's a ton of you in here already. So many of you, the chat was popping before we even got started. So don't forget to like and subscribe really quick. You've got about 30 seconds before we start getting into the content and help us grow the red and white community. Every like, every engagement you guys have uh, helps us with the algorithm. It helps us find more people. And the more people we get, the bigger the community gets, the more fun stuff we can do. Now, a couple of short messages from our sponsors. Don't forget, guys, if you're shipping anything in and out of Greece, from the United States, England, it could be Australia, whatever. You got anything you got to ship in and out of the U.S. from to Greece, all over the world, check out our friends, www.pereisintl.com. Give them a call, 410-675-4696, and let them help you. Bet US, boys and girls. The cards came back this week. We are bringing those back for Champions League at the very least. That's really all I have time for to do. Uh, if you guys want the betting cards, maybe later on in Europa League, I'll get those out. But for now, it's just Champions League. Use our promo code GATE7INTL. That's GATE7INTL in all caps at betus.com.pa and get a 125% deposit boost when you set up your account and do your first deposit. It's a great Great match that they do for the deposit, and they also have great odds. Great odds. I think uh, one of the odds that we just put up was 13 
uh, Gosta compared to it was bet 365 had the same odds at 5.0. So great payout, great odds. They're very aggressive trying to get people in. So check it out. You might like it and check out our betting cards as well. All right, boys. I, let's, let's get into it. Who wants to go first, baby? I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm happy. The memes have been passed out. You guys have seen them. But there was a lot of... Hey, 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 which memes? I haven't seen anything. Wait, memes. That's right. You don't pay attention to the group chat half the time. Costa had the Hey, 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 I was working. I was working. I finished working like 46 minutes ago. (laughs) I was working Uh, all night, buddy. It's all right. That's fine. Before we get... I'll, I'll look at them right now. Look at the memes. They're hilarious. But before we actually address the post-match talk, there was a lot of gripe when the lineup came out. Um, we had put out a statistic comparing Ramon in his time here so far and Oleg Rebchuk. We had a very nice radar plot. We can do those now. So new little thing in the toolkit. Hope you guys like it. You'll see more of it. I'm going to clean it up. Uh, a little bit too. So it looks a little bit better. Some of you guys had questions about it, but we had a nice little radar chart and you can check it out on socials comparing Oleg and Ramon. And the difference between the two was absolutely clear. I mean, Oleg had him in both ground duels and aerial duels, but Ramon had him in just about everything else, everything offensive. Uh, I assumed we were going to see him today, even though I wanted Ramon to start, but he went with it. He went with Rebchuk. It upset a lot of people, but look guys, in the end, in the end, it worked out. They were really targeting his side. All the attacks were going down that side. It was incredible. Um, but uh, Oleg held it. I think he only got dribbled by one time that I can think of all game. So he didn't do half bad, uh, despite the fact that everybody was fuming when they saw that he was starting. What did you guys think of the starting lineup? Uh, and how'd you see the game? Gosta, see you go first. Right to be to be honest with you, man, I didn't watch the first half. I didn't get home in time, uh, but I was just following from from your commentary, and uh, I'll I'll approach it a different way. Like seventy three percent possession for Ayak is what I read at the end of the first half, and you know that that says a lot about you know how passive we were, and it just looked like one of those games where. They were in control and we'd try and go for the counter-attack and see what we do, see if we find an opening. And, you know, in the lead up to this game, going into it, I said I said a couple of things, you know, to you guys in, you know, we were chatting a week, obviously. I said that to win this game, we need to have one, luck, two, balls, like aggression, sacrifice, uh, that you know, that team spirit that the basketball team shows us week in, week out, you know, every man, like, you know, f- supporting everyone else, like team. And the way the game unlocked, it was, you know, a lucky goal, to be fair. Biel gets the ball on the right-hand side, cuts in. He does that thing he likes to do to get the ball onto his left foot. He takes a pop, it takes a deflection, 1-0. Yeah, that, that changes the game. And that's exactly what Olympiacos haven't had in any big game this season. Had that, you know, that little bit of luck, that little deflection, that's something to, to 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 give to give them a little boost. Yeah, and it happened today. One nil up, and then three minutes later, Samaseku makes a nice steal 
outside the box. The ball drops to Fortunis and Fortunis plays it over the top in a beautiful ball into Bakambu who, you know, lays it out in front of him and then slots it calmly into the bottom corner with his left foot. And it's fantastic. 2-0 within the space of four minutes. And you're just, you know, I love to press high up the pitch so you know they're going to leave more spaces. And they did. And then the third one came easy. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a dazzling Olympiacos performance, like a dominant performance or anything like that. Um, the, the best way I can describe the, the win was a real, a real smash and grab. And I don't, I don't really care how we did it tonight. Like it was just important yeah. to do it. And mm -hmm. that's what's happened. And, it, you know, if we lost the game, they'd be nine points clear. And if we, if we win it, three points difference. So it was so vital. And I think you saw it in the reactions on the bench, like particularly after the second goal. And then at the end, the reactions of both the Olympiacos players and the Ajax players on the other hand as well, like, you know, Levi Garcia standing completely dejected at the end of the game. They've lost 3-1, their first loss at home. We, we, you know, we've been joking about it since the start of the show. So it's massive. It's massive for confidence. And yeah, you, ju you just hope that that's the win that we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for it seven months. We've been waiting yep. for an effing derby win for seven months this season. It's come at the last game of the regular season, just before the playoffs start. And oh my God, like, you know, we've been saying it again and again and again. These are going to be, it's going to be the most exciting end to a Greek Super League in, in, in more than like two decades. And Okay, we, we, we can talk about other stuff, referees. Even the referees couldn't help them today. Even the referees yes, couldn't help them the today. Exactly. I, thought, I, thought, I thought on the first goal, I was going to try and find and see if Mukudi was offside. He's like, oh, yeah. wait, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so, no, even the refs couldn't help them today. But, yeah, those are my, those are my initial thoughts on the game. Yep. Well, real quick, Costa K, before I get your opinion uh, on this, Mono G7, if Adi keeps his promise, if we win this title, I will have my hair cut like Baskalakis. Well, listen, I, I promise you, you keep guys. your promise. If, if I keep my promise, yes. So I did say if we could, if we even got into second place by the by season's end, OnlyFans, the one time OnlyFans was happening, I'll keep it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll, I'll figure that out. Yeah, but I mean, getting an OnlyFans, it sounds like a, like, like a pain in the ass, though, getting an OnlyFans ah, just for this one time. Who knows? I don't even know how that works. I don't even, I don't know. I don't even know how that works. I don't know, man. Well, whatever. We'll figure it out. Could we but make real any quick. Money? Could, we make, could we make any money out of this? I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know how that stuff works. Okay, we'll, I have we'll, have this, no we'll have a look. We'll we'll have a look, you know, if if it's if it ends up happening. But uh, I wanted to pat our backs also because we did bring up right before the game yesterday with a, a threat chart uh, graphic that uh, that we put out there. We were looking for where Ike was vulnerable for the for all the games that they have played. <laughs> look at my eyes, DC. Come on, bro. In the middle of my train of thought, man. Dude, that's the easiest <laughs> money you will ever make. That's the easiest money you'll ever make. Take it. I will pay Take for Adi's feet picks. All right, buddy. Take we'll see what happens. Anyway. Um, so we had put this threat chart looking at all the people that I had played in the Ayo Sofia, where the most dangerous opportunities came from, to see if we could identify what the weaknesses were. 
against Ike in Ayo Sophia. And there weren't many, but we did find one. And in that graphic, we had specifically pointed out that attacks that came up the middle in the run of play, that was the weakness. That was the only time that we saw Ike see consistent danger. <laughs> Outlaw George, I think OnlyFans will pay Adi to stop posting on OnlyFans instead of posting. Uh, that's probably the case, man. That's I take that case. bet again. <laughs> but we did point out where the weaknesses were up the middle, and that ball from Costas Fortunis was pretty much the exact context we were talking about. Um, with regards to Ike's weaknesses there. So just wanted to pat ourselves on the back there. Uh, once again, data coming through, Gate 7 International Analysis, deep underway, pointing things out. You got to love it. Costa K, tell us your thoughts on the match. What did you think of the lineup? What did you think of the match? First impressions. Well, I mean, the lineup uh, as well. Let's say what the lineup was. Uh, uh, Mitzel started with a 4-2-3-1 formation. Alexandros Paschalakis in goal. Rodine at right back. Oleg Reabchuk at left back. Usain Nuba and Andreas Dois linked up at centre back. Kwangin Bom and Yadier Samaseku teamed up in midfield with Kostas Fortunis at number 10. Pepiel on the right because that's what it is this season. Serhi Kanos the other, on the other side. Cedric Pakambu uh, leading the attack. Uh, well, I, I, I thought this was a usual lineup, the kind of lineup that we could have, uh, everyone could have predicted. Obviously, not happy with Rabchuk's performances for years now. I feel like Ramon has been more impressive. I remember when Costa and I were at Karaiskaiki, at some point he said during the live commentary, I think Ramon has already had more touches than Rabchuk after he came on as a substitute. And he was right, actually, by the way. Obviously, I'm pissed off with Pepiel having to be a winger this season, even though it's obvious he's not a goddamn winger. Uh, I would have preferred to have seen James starting instead of Fortunis or Pepiel playing in the number 10 spot. But at the end of the day, you know what? It all worked. Uh, like Costa absolutely uh, pointed, correctly pointed out, the universe owed Olympiacos and Darbys because remember, Olympiacos have had uh, two or was it three goals chalked off for offside during derbies by other players who were offside, not the score, other players who were offside and intervened uh, with the whole situation. So, yes, Olympiacos absolutely needed that uh, that piece of luck. And by God, by God, this is huge right now. Olympiacos were not the better team. Ike had 73% of possession, which in my opinion is unacceptable. Anytime you play Ike, that's unacceptable. But you know what? At the end of the day, it worked. Olympiacos finally, as Costa mentioned, showed balls, which is something I hadn't seen before the Panathinaikos game. The reason why I left but the I left Karaiskaiki so bummed out is because this was the first time I saw Olympiacos deserving a derby win, and they didn't get it. But this time, you know what? I don't. I'm not too sure still if Olympiacos were the better team or if I were. You know what? It doesn't matter because Olympiacos deserved it. And we're gonna get into the we're gonna get into depth into this because Olympiacos also beat the refs today. That was one of the worst referee performances I have ever seen. And I told that to Aris before the before the show. We are gonna see a real shit show in the playoffs. In my opinion, Panathinaikos are winning the title because no one's gonna allow them not to not to lose the title. 
And we're going to see a lot of penalties for Panathinaikos who won another penalty tonight at Atromitos. And we're going to see a bunch of red cards going Panathinaikos' way. It's going to be a shit show. I expect some really poor referee performances, especially against Olympiacos. We've already seen them. And what Olympiacos did today was the ballsiest performance all season because they beat the best team in Greece at home. They gave them their best, their first loss out of Paparina. And they also beat the referees. Even the referees can help Ike today. Yeah, the 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 referee performance was... We don't like to talk about refs on the game, but today it's very difficult not to bring up the the referee performance. I mean, the I don't know where to begin. The, the fact that there were two penalties we could have had in the first half that I believe should have been given. Um, you know, Pep Biel, I deserve that second yellow. Um, whether or not the first yellow was a should have been a yellow for him mouthing off, that's another story. But how many the, players mouthed off to the referee tonight? But uh, again, how many of them? Pep Biel got it just everybody. like that, yeah. just like that. Everybody. And but the issue I had was, how can you sit there and tell me Amrabat did not deserve a second yellow when he shoves Oleg after the whistle has been blown? I mean, and it wasn't just just blown. It was some time, and he just goes and shoves them. It was right and, in I front mean, of the fourth official right as well. In, right in front of the fourth official. Should have been a second yellow right there. Uh, the um, uh, the yellow that went to Vita for kneeing El Arabi in the head. That is any shot to the head. I mean, that's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Um, it's it's, it's – uh, I mean, it, it was really poor. This ref did not have – he did not have uh, he did not have his wits about him. Unfortunately, there there was a lot of stuff. I think that um, Ari, sorry to interrupt you, but which penalties yeah. are you talking about? Because there was that incident, which was an absolute the, penalty. Because Rota, yeah, Rota yes. pumped the ball away, and then and then it's it looked like Hatsisafi fouled uh, Bakambu. Bakabu. Rota's Rota's hand was no Rota's hand. First? Yeah, Rota's hand is what I'm talking about. Those were in the and that was just in the first half. Imagine you're not, talk, you're not talking about that incident where Mukundi apparently fouled Canos. That was outside the box, but VAR should have intervened because yep. that could have been a red card if that was a foul. Well, correct. I didn't even get to that point yet. I haven't even yeah, gotten sorry. to that foul. I In was just talking about yeah, because sorry. there I will say at the very least, like I understand, I can understand that you know, if the ref didn't believe that that was a red card foul because it was outside of the box, he wouldn't go to VAR. Fine, I can even buy that one. That's if I'm giving him credit, right? But those other two, I mean, ridiculous. And the thing with Amrabat, when when you know Pep Biel, when Pep Biel slides in and hits, um, was that was that Bineda he hit um, on the slide tackle where he I got the second so. yellow? Um, like so. that, he was very quick with that, and that was the correct decision. Mark, uh, you know, regardless of the fact that maybe he Pep Biel didn't deserve the first yellow, that second yellow he deserved. And, you know, the red was deserved. He knew he messed up too. Pepeo knew he messed that up. But where was the consistency with everything else? The fact that Amrabat left that game without a second yellow. Absurd. Absolutely absurd. Anyway, um, I'm just bringing up the red. What are you on about DR? What are you on about DR? The, the, the ball did hit Rota's hand. It was, it was a better block than Giannis Adetokounmpo. Are you kidding me? Of course he watch head. Is that a is that a head, guys? Since when is that a head? I've heard about uh, two heads in the in the human anatomy in guys. Not the com 
the comment that Costa's referring to from DR here says, guys, Rota didn't handle the ball, watch the replays, it hit his head. But after no, perhaps there was a penalty on Bakambu, I am not super convinced. But in any case, the ref was ridiculous today. Guys, um, head, hands. The... <laughs> Johnny Tabuka, why because is Labro Because we're smart with the ratings. <laughs> Because we're uh, he's enjoying. He's in Hawaii. Here's a nice picture Costa just posted. He's in Hawaii uh, <laughs> on vacation. Um, he so, says, just know. like old times, 3 1, <laughs> Kekalimera. It's Labrosirmos from Honolulu, Hawaii. Good man. Good man. What a, what a view. What I, a I, view. <laughs> wish we were there. Wish we were there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, but, I, actually, uh, I actually posted. Um, I actually posted a what's it called a poll on Twitter. And I was like, "Where would you rather be right now in Honolulu with La- like Labro Sirmos or at Reddy celebrating right now?" <laughs> there you go. It's going on. It's I'd going on for Reddy. Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, it's uh, that's I I would love to be at Reddy right now celebrating. That would be. <laughs> That would be something else. I saw some videos people were taking and sharing. It looked crazy. Yeah, it's insane. It looked absolutely guys. crazy. But um, anyway, moving on. Moving on from the refs because we don't like to spend it's a lot not, of time. Talking it about wasn't it. his head. It was his hand. I watched the replays again and again. It was his goddamn hand. It wasn't his head. It wasn't even his other head. It was his head. It was. It was the arm. Can I also give a shout out to Gus Drax, who says, please someone inform Almeida Mitchell has his deployment wallet. And now that I'm thinking about his underwear too. Well, big up Gus Drax. If you've, you've heard our new intro music, that is made by the one and only Gus Drax, the man in question yes, here, Gus. man of the hour. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, Gus. Gus. Big amazing. up. Amazing Thank professional, so amazing guy, amazing intro. Thank you so much again. Big up. To Gus Drax. For sure. It's incredible stuff. Gets me juiced every uh, time I ju- listen to it. Just a very quick response, though. I th- I'm pretty sure that Mitzel and Almeida hugged at the end of the match. So, I mean, they probably, you know, I swear those two might have actually played against each other, too. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't so, surprise I mean, me. That was a nice touch, though. If it did happen, that's a lovely touch. And good, yeah, up, they good, did. good for both of them. They, they good did. For both of them. Yeah. Look, yeah. Almeida's a reasonable guy. It's not Luchescu yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's a... He's a he's a pretty reasonable guy, but I wanted to shift our focus now that we got Costa K all riled up about the refs. I wanted to real quick before we get into some of the individual performances, talk about the game plan, because you both of you guys kind of brought up a little bit when you were summarizing your thoughts on the game um, about how you didn't care what the context was. We got the game, but, you know, Costa, you brought up the 73 percent possession for Ike. I think it was 72 overall for the whole game. Uh, and then Costa K, you talked about uh, kind of like the lack of a game plan, still something to worry about. And we got the win today against Ike, uh, despite all of the nonsense that went on, despite everything else. But is the game plan still a concern? Should we be feeling better about the next game coming up against Ike? Because we have uh, another Keep It Low game coming up um against them you know and then of course the uh you know the playoffs we're gonna have to play them two more times we're gonna have the other derby matches now for the playoffs as well are we still concerned 
about the game plan moving into the playoffs? Or are we happy because we won and and we're expecting that we can still pull these wins off, despite the fact maybe that Ike will, in possession was probably the better team? How do you guys feel about that? Are you both concerned about the game plan and how we approach these derbies uh, going into the playoffs? Uh, this time, Costa K, you start. I am very concerned. Uh, I was telling you guys before the match or during the first half, before Pepe Yellow's goal, Mitzel is not a tactician. Uh, this really, really worries me. That It's obvious that it, when it comes to the games, I see more of um, the players doing the talking on the pitch. You, you see a lot of personalities, people like Juan Guinbaum, like Cedric Bacambu, like Costas Fortunis, like Pepe El, like James Rodriguez, like uh, Sergi Canos with immense... English uh, experience. It seems like, yes, Mitzel puts together the, the lineup. Yes, he has a few ideas, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to float. He's not the kind of guy who's going to adapt with the situation. He's not the kind of guy who's going to rip the, tear the script apart and rewrite the whole thing and say, okay, now we're doing this. Oh no, now we're going to do that. It, it sucks to say this, uh, but even if Olympiacos do manage to win the title, Mitzel should, and under no, uh, 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 under no terms and conditions, stay as manager. I am really worried because throughout the entire season, that's something I have constantly noticed: the absence of a game plan. There's no game plan at Olympiacos, no tactics. Uh, and the first game, well, some people already said it, but let's hope to God Olympiacos get Volos or Aris, worst case scenario. Because there's going to be no Juan Guinbaum, no Jan Villa, probably no Jan Villa, and uh, and definitely no Pepiel. Those are huge absences. So if it's a derby, especially away, again in Duba maybe, or even Ayas Sofia, you want to avoid that. But generally speaking, I think that most of the good performances this season came because of the players rather than the manager. Um, look at Mitzel's other teams after he left Olympiacos. He didn't succeed anywhere, and now we're seeing it at a bad season at Olympiacos that he's not the answer. So, yeah, I am very concerned. Costa C. And actually, really quick. Uh, oh, here, I'll let you address before, that. Before I get into it, I have to answer the standard question we get every single show, which is a fair question. So, um, do I have an American accent? No. <laughs> I'm just English fucking, is English, though, maybe. I'm, I'm, I'm just fucking with people. But, okay, this is Gate 7 International, your number one English source for all things Olibiagos by the fans, for the fans. We're a bunch of guys, um, no, no girls yet, but we would like to get a girl host, wouldn't we? As well, that would be fantastic if there's anyone out there. Um, yeah, guys, this is this is an effort to bring together Olibiagos fans from all corners of the world to keep growing the community. We are predominantly... Greek club, but there are Greeks abroad. Um, some Olympiacos that aren't even Greek, a lot of whom actually follow this show week in, week out from Denmark, from uh, Australia, from France. One of our co-hosts is French. He's not even Greek. So yeah, join the community. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for getting involved in the chat. We do speak Greek as well. So if you want to write in the chat in Greek, that's perfectly fine. Tell your friends about us, like, and subscribe. Shameless plug right there for me, given the opportunity once more. And I see that we've received a donation from Irako. Thank you very much for the double espresso. I actually read, 
I actually read that those I heard those guys are actually going to take the um, take the uh, what is it the, the airport to court over the decision about playing the Atromitos game, even though they won it. Anyway, they did. They I already think, filed it for CAS. Yeah. So anyway, we did our business today, and to go to to go to your question, Ari, am I concerned about the game plan? <laughs> One of the players texted us, uh, I text congratulations, and um, I won't say who it was, but he says, uh, thanks, sometimes we don't need to play well, but we just need to win. Let's keep fighting until the end. And that pretty much says, if it doesn't say everything, it says a lot. Because it's very hard at this point in the season to to want from Olympiacos to play with a certain style, swagger, identity, you know, there are some games this season that, you know, we've gone out and won five nil, six nil, and we've dominated possession and we've created lots of chances. And then in a game like today, you needed us to do exactly what we did today, which is to create two, three opportunities and score two, three goals. It's exactly what we did today. And, um, you know, I don't know if it was Mitchell's game plan to, to set up the team like that behind the ball wait for wait for the spaces because he like we we know we know that Ajax loves to press up the field they're probably the best team in in the Greek Super League at pressing opponents high up the field they have like athletic players both in midfield and up front that can press whether it's Levi Garcia Sergio Araujo Gacinovic in in midfield we know that they can do that that's what they're good at doing but if you do that you leave spaces in behind and that's exactly where we exploited them in the second half. Their manager even mentioned it at the end at half time. The, 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 the discussion was be wary the counterattack. That's exactly how they ate it. Now, am I concerned? What I like actually about today's lineup is that contrary to what we were hearing during the week, Sergi Canos started the game. And Sergi Canos, for me, in, in the space of you know, what is it, a month now, he has established himself as a starter in this team, as an irreplaceable, as an irreplaceable, actually. So, you know, he he got another one today. What is that, four, five goals now that he's got? Four goals, two assists in six Super League matches. So... um, You know, we we were hearing things this week like Masuras might start the game. It's like, what? It was to me. It was completely unfathomable that Sergio yeah. Canos wouldn't start the game. Is he has the instinct? He's in the right place at the right time. He he he, he plays with aggression. It was what, he's really a player that we were missing. I think in the first half of the season, it's been a great pickup at, um, during the January transfer window. And so, sorry to know, interrupt you, Costas, yeah. but he not only that, not, not only is he impressive at Olympiacos. This is happening after he lost his mother. Yeah. Very important to bring that up. Says a lot about the player, his character, his commitment. Like, I mean, what what can you say? Like, that's and he he's he's showing up week in week out. Yeah, he had he had a like poor performance against Panathinaikos. We saw how he bounced back from that. And today, the goal was calmly collected and you know just slotted past the keeper like it was nothing. There's a beautiful goal, the third one, actually, like the mm. like the ball from Fortunis into Bakambu and then, you know, the control with the knee and just the 
you know, deft finish into the bottom corner. But Ari, for me, like this question on on game plan, we can't we can't expect can't expect miracles. Like I do think that Ayak uh, is the best unit. Like that's what Almeida's managed to do. At Ike. he's managed to build a unit that that plays well together. They have a style of play. We don't we we don't have that. We're a team right now. I think that adapts to each game in terms of you know what are the needs of the game. We're going to try and play in this way or that way, depending. Are we playing at home? Are we playing away? Um, so my my worry my worry is always that you know we take this big win and we don't we don't capitalize on it like we have to we have to keep going like that that win should really galvanize the players to go in into the playoffs with with confidence and and belief belief that they 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 can be a good team they can be a good team it, it was nice again to see the dressing room like some of the Instagram stories, Valbuena put up a story. They're all, you know, they're all huddled together. They're all jumping at each other. They're enjoying themselves. It's taken this long to get there. Yep. Now, now they they need to keep going. They need to keep going. They need to keep going out every every week, every weekend, and, and winning those games. That's that's what's the most important thing. Um, we we can talk about the left back position if we're if we're getting really picky um again i i didn't watch the first half so i can't have a like full picture on how how rebchuk played today but i think you you we were saying before before we started today oleg had how many completed passes did you he say he only completed 3 all game 3 not that I, look to preface that i do want to preface that because not we the team as a whole. I'm I, I am willing to bet a hundred dollars that when I get the stats tomorrow from Y Scout that they the team as a whole will have completed less than a hundred. Um, I so for so a lot of people you probably you know even Koshas Fortunis I think only completed maybe a dozen if that. So, but that being said, it's not it was not for a lack of uh, seeing the ball. I should say he had the worst pass accuracy on the field today. Uh, only completed three of his passes. I think in the end they said something about 20, 28% was his pass accuracy for the day. No, and and nobody on the defense was stellar. Um, so it was... We were uh, lucky at the end. Yeah. We were lucky at the end. Well, lucky. Pascal Aguis makes a great save. I think it was at 3... Was it at 3-1 or 3-0? 3-1. It was at 3-0. Yeah. Was it... I think. Oh no, you're right. Are you talking, right. Are you talking about Pineda? Are you talking about the Pineda header? It was the header, like the, the, the header, close yeah. range header that yeah. he that he palmed out, and then uh, and then they you know they got they got the goal from uh, big up door on tour. Thank you very much. Sorry about Thanks, Tottenham door. yesterday, but but not sorry as you know I'm a Tottenham fan. But anyway, <laughs> we know Costa. We know goddammit. Um, what was I saying? Yeah, Pascal Lakis makes a big save, and then that header from Mukudi. Like back at um, yes, Doi and uh, yeah. and Bar were in no man's land. Like that yeah. was a let off. That was a let off. It was it was free. Mm-hmm. Do you think and Socrates comes back into this team? I think um, he does. Yeah, I, 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 I yeah, man, I do. I Socrates do. Bar. So yeah, I do because and here's why because Socrates, Socrates is one of the best 
aerial winners in the league. I don't know if you guys saw the post. Number two, the only person ahead of him is Ingasson. So say what you want about Socrates. He's old. Maybe he's not quick. He does have experience. Um, and the players, uh, different players have all said and talked about how he's helped them, uh, including Doran Leidner. Um, all of these players have talked about. So for me, yeah. And also the fact that we don't look good when the ball gets crossed in. Uh, yeah. I'm still not super confident. And, but So you have to have a guy like Socrates who is winning 74% of those aerial duels when he's involved. So I think you have to have him. Ba, he kept it together today. But in the first half, you could see Ba's frustration, and he got a stupid yellow again today. So I, at the same time, I'm also, uh, you know, Doy, a lot of people were saying Doy was terrible today. We've talked about the Doy and the value proposition he offers right now to the team. But remember, guys, Doy is a young kid that is playing there or and has been playing there out of necessity. He is a midfielder. He is not a center back. So maybe as we're looking in the coming weeks, uh, and we'll bring this up later on, Costa, we talked about it with, with injuries and the absences in the midfield. Maybe we see Doy pushed up in the midfield um, for a, for the next game. But uh, Or Adruzos, who knows? But the, the whole point is here. That'd be cool. It's going to be uh, Kasami, I, though, let's be honest. Yeah. Kasami, would, Kasamaseko. It, if, if it were, I mean, I guess most people would want to see maybe Socrates and Ba. Um, but I also, I thought Socrates and Doi wasn't a bad pair. I thought that they were doing pretty well together. So I wouldn't be upset to see that either. I know people didn't like, um, Do oh, he, DR, some love for Fortuny as well. You want some love for Costa, my friend. You, you don't have to tell me twice. You don't have to pull my arm for that. Um, Let's give him the love, man. Let's give him the love this guy deserves. Beautiful assist today in the exact context we said Ike was weak in. Gets the ball after Samaseku wins it. Plays a gorgeous ball. Gorgeous to Bakambu. And don't forget, on in the third goal that Sergicano scores, he's the one that brings the ball down the right side. Defender gets drawn in. Or I, should, I guess it technically was a midfielder. He gets players drawn into him, plays a lovely ball. Again, pinpoint right to Bakambu. And then Bakambu plays it over to Canos, uh, lays it off for him for the guy to get uh, to actually score the goal. But Gostas Fortuny was in, in the middle of that. Again, I mean, things were tough. He also was coming back and winning the ball, guys. Uh, he, he went in for, for actual tackles three, four times today. Intercepted the ball a couple times. He was running, chasing people down, doing things that, of course, people will always say Cosas Fortunis doesn't do. Um, it's, it's, um, what, what do you want me to say? I love the guy. I do. Cosas Fortunis, I love the, I love the position he plays. He's, he plays a position that is being kind of slowly phased out of the game in general. And we need him. A lot of people, maybe don't see, don't think that we need him, don't want to see him anymore. A lot of people are ready to move on from the Fortunis era. He has too much, in my opinion, to offer this club still for us to let him go. And we do have one more year on his contract after they restructured his deal. But Iker is favorite Pelates. doesn't matter how good they are. He showed that today. And I think that in the future, he is going to be an important part 
of this team and have an important role to play during the course of the playoffs. How do you guys see that? Costa, see you start, buddy. I think, you know, the, the long-time watchers and listeners of the show, you guys know my views on, on Fortunis. What I can add to this conversation is I think he's, I think he's around 50%, 50, maybe 55 in terms of what he's doing on the pitch. Uh, remember, he didn't have a preseason this season. Yeah? He came in very, very late, started getting games uh, towards like Christmas, really. He got a run of games and then all of a sudden he was out again for four or five games and then back in, back out, back in more recently. So it's been a, it's been a tumultuous one f- for Fortunis and the entire team, by the way. So I think, you know, the important thing is that he stays fit. And, uh, you know, we see moments from him in the games. And, uh, you know, you the, the quality on the pass, like you said to, to Bakambu, immediately, immediately got the ball in front of him. He knew what he was doing, knew where Bakambu was going, knew where to send it. And he sent it where it needed to go. And we scored the second goal. And that, you know, more or less killed the game. Like that, that was a real stab. That was a real stab wind for Ajax uh, at that moment in the game. What can I say about Gosta? Like you, you said it. You said it perfectly, Ari. It's a position that that's dying in football, but he still he still shows like he can be how important he can be, particularly in Greece, like in the Super League. He can be a really like a really important player. Yeah, and I'll read off some stats because everybody loves to hear some stats regarding Costa. Um, in in the Super League, Costas Fortunis has played. Less than 800 minutes before today. So after today's game, uh, what, what he got subbed off, it was 70, 70 something. So we'll say under about, eight, we'll say 850 minutes, right? He now has three goals, seven assists, two past two assists, which is the ball that's played before. And he has two build up assists, not to mention he's drawn a penalty as well. So imagine that this guy's got 11 direct goal contributions in under 850 minutes. That's basically nine games, nine full 90s, if you think about it that way. the We've put we've talked about data, um, Fortunis' data, when we compared it to James Rodriguez. And we talked about how James's class continues to show in Greece. I don't know if you guys saw the chart. You can check it on our socials. Um, we have the chart that put everything of James in percentile. So you can see how he compares to everybody else in the wing and attacking mid position. And James was in for the distribution and goal creation, eighties, nineties for almost everything, except for the behind the ball type stuff. Costa was right up there with him, but guess what? Costa's end product, his goal creation was way better than James Rodriguez. Think about that guys. Thomas Rodriguez, we know, is world-class. This guy has Was world-class. Okay, was world-class. We'll say he was world-class, but he still has the technique in ball distribution. So for, for Costas Fortunis to be, for a, a guy that's, you know, okay, he played in Germany for Kaiserslautern, I think, but then really hasn't yeah. left Greece otherwise. And to see that in the same competition, compared to this player, he's if not as good in many respects, especially in the final third, it's 
it's it's amazing that that's a player that has been part that is grown by Olympiacos as a player that's been a part of this Olympiacos family for so long. The guy is an incredible talent and he can do incredible things. And there's a lot of people, I don't know if it's just a style to hate Fortunis for some people. They either love him or they hate him, but we need him. You need him. Look at what he's done. You know, as much as as much as I, I think Michel deserves praise for coming in and doing his part to get us back on the right track and help get a mentality into this team. We also have to thank Costa. Costa has come in and for the last year and a half, whether it was Martins, whether it was whatever was going on, has not has been on the periphery of Olympiacos for whatever reason. We're not going to get into that. But he's What's come back. Go ahead. Well, he's and he's come back and he's doing a job for us. He's helping to elevate us. That's that is the God's honest truth with Costas Fortunis. Costa, go ahead. What was your what were you saying? I mean, Costas Fortunis, I mean, it, it is a strange case because uh, he has been probably Olympiacos' best player since 2015 when he broke when he burst onto the scene. The reason why he never left is, in my opinion, he doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to leave here greasy. He, he kind of has that Grigoris Jurgato syndrome, like he could definitely play abroad, but I don't think he really wants it because West Ham were ready to make a huge offer for him and sign him before he got injured in uh, the preseason in the preseason of 2019, and instead they got Pedro Forna they got Fornals. Yeah. Uh, and now, like Martins had him as a goner, he wanted to get rid of him. Thankfully, that didn't happen. Those are the, the, the that's the uh, that's the silver lining of the entire coach drama and general drama that ha uh, that, that has been existing at Olympiacos. And now we're talking about a player who has amassed six assists, three goals in fifteen Super League matches. That is insane. And uh, I have to say, uh, when it comes to um, when it comes to tonight. This, in my opinion, is probably the only derby this season, the only big match this season, where the big names and the big personalities spoke on the pitch. And one of them was Costas Fortunis. Amazing performance. You, you mentioned the assist. You mentioned how he created this uh, Canosis goal by with this amazing ball to Bakambu. Bakambu showed great wherewithal to make because he lost his balance and he still was quick with it. He, he he was thinking fast right there to just immediately offload it to Canos before he fell down. And that led to the goal. Cosas Fortunis is strange. Um, is a strange player because he's amazing on the pitch, but he can't be a leader. He cannot be a leader. He never could be a leader at Olympiacos. He couldn't be a leader in Greece either for the Greek national team. Uh, but he is an amazing player. When it comes to Greek players, he's probably the most talented player in Greece probably has the has the most quality out of every Greek player and he showed it tonight as did a lot of other big personalities for Olympiacos finally good comment here from Ephthemis where he says I'm not a Fortunis fan but I prefer him to Hammers because he helps with the front third press and ball recovery furthermore he says his set pieces are way better than Hammers I get the point about the press. Why I don't, I don't believe that you know Fortunis is known for his prowess, let's say, or his uh, his ability to press high up the pitch. But he certainly does it more than more than Hammers. Well, this season he's done it. He's he's done very well. He's done uh, it quite well. He has done it quite well. But 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 he does he does do it. 
Like he does do it. Hammers doesn't. Yeah. When Hammers doesn't have the ball, he's is like we're playing with ten. We know that, and maybe when he has the ball, we're playing with twelve. Some might argue, but um, that's you know that's a conundrum going into the playoffs, I guess, because now James Rodriguez is fit. He didn't come on today. If we hadn't have gone down to ten men, probably would have. But when we're down to ten men, you saw there's no way you can bring him on because defensively you're just so frail when he's on the pitch. I'm really curious, actually, to see how he deals with that. If he if he sticks with Fortunis going forward as the starter, and he starts, you know, Mitchell starts bringing in James Rodriguez as a super sub, like as a 20, 30 minute player, impact player to come in in the second half to pick the opponents apart. And actually, if you think about it, at least from a fitness point of view, it's not a bad way to look at it from a game plan perspective. Like we were talking about game plan earlier. Fortunis is your starter because BL is not going to be playing at the 10 this season. We've established that. I'm pretty sure, like, you know, going back to this game plan discussion, that's where we're we have the, the front four is set, is set now. Bakambu's the number one striker, Fortunis is your 10, and Canos and Biel are your wingers. And then you've got Huang, Huang and Bam, and, and one or the other, and Vila or Samaseku. And that's set now. Yeah. Uh, just a very quick little um, little point. Uh, what the F, Jorgatos and Fortunis are the total opposite personalities. What I was saying was is that uh, the Grigoris Jorgatos syndrome in Costas Fortunis is that I don't think Costas Fortunis wants to play abroad. It's very well known that the reason why Grigoris Jorgatos wasn't a, a big hit at Inter Milan was because he didn't want to be abroad. He was an incredible player. You could have been a legend at Inter or any other big team. Uh, back then, it wasn't common for Greek players to play abroad for big clubs. The re- Grigoris Jorgatos just didn't want to play abroad. That's very well known. And Kostas Fortunis, based on what I've seen, he's had uh, he has had opportunities to leave. You had Pep Guardiola on his press conference saying, I was surprised I didn't see Kostas Fortunis at the Etihad. I praised him again on the return fixture in Greece. He doesn't want to play abroad. You're telling me you're telling me he wouldn't have gone by now if he wanted to play abroad. What stopped him? That's all. In 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 my own words, the village boy from Calabaca. It's my one of my favorite things. I love <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true, man. It's that mentality. You have some people, they're happy, they're comfortable. They they want to be home, and that's it. His wife's a high school teacher, too. Like they had a kid, like they're not going anywhere. Even during the summer when they were talking about him possibly going to Turkey, it's like, nah, Fortunis isn't leaving Greece for anything. Yeah. He's not leaving Greece for anything. And it's the way it is. Like some people call him lazy, some people call him unambitious, some people say waste the talent. That's what he wants to do with his career. He made good money at Olympiakos, probably finished his career at Olympiakos, his boyhood club. No, for him that's fine. And What's wrong with can... that? And What's I wrong with that? And I think we can, t- we, we're good people to, I mean, we can say this. We know what it takes to migrate to a different country. I mean, I mean, I've spent, a, I've spent a decade of my life in a different country. Costa, you have, uh, you were born in England, you've moved to Belgium. I mean, it's not for everyone. Moving and mm-hmm. living in a different country is not for everyone, boys and girls. If you don't want to do it, then maybe it's a good idea not to do it. Yeah. 
You guys are absolutely right. Absolutely. But I right. gotta say, guys, uh, and I feel like we need to mention this guy, Alexandros Pasalakis. How good was he tonight? Immense. Don't say it to me. Don't say it to me. I'm gonna. No, I'm done. I'm the Why only one here. I'm the only one here that was that was in favor of Pascalagis. Just want to go on record again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very true. I I did not expect. Um, I thought that the conference league Pascalagis that we saw um, wasn't the Pascalagis we would see at Olympiacos. I thought we were going to see more like what we saw in Greece, a little bit more inconsistent. Exactly. Yeah, great game here and there, and and boy, I there are times you know when you are proven wrong and you don't care because guess what? I, I love being proven wrong when it's like this. I hate being proven wrong and it's more of a disaster than I thought. That's the worst. This, this, this one is really my, my biggest. I told you so (laughs) this one is my biggest. I told you so this season and I don't want to bloody jinx it. Yeah. But, but for, for me, the guy has the mentality to play for this club. Yeah, he has the mentality to play for this club. He he's not phased. He's really he's not phased nope. by like the like you know the, the, everything like the the craziness of Greek football. Like he he's very he's he's calm. Sometimes he's too calm that he makes mistakes. He loses concentration. He's too he's overconfident. But like look at his his body. Like he he he's so tall. He's so athletic. Not agile. Yeah, he's not great with his feet, but he's gotten better the last couple of years. Very happy. Free free transfer. Get Thomas Vachlik the fuck out of there. I'm so glad he's gone. Costa, you, you, I know you probably disagree with me, or maybe in retrospect you changed your mind. I don't know. No, I have not changed my mind but, actually. But, but, but for me. For me, nah. Like some of the games that we drop points beginning of the season because he can't come off his line. Best decision we made, one of the best decisions we made this summer. And we're gonna we're gonna get to the whole discussion about Gate 7 International Awards. That's coming soon, guys. Um for me, it's between him and Huang when you talk about best signings this season. But we'll get we'll get to that late later on. Towards the end of the season, you'll get your chance to vote in the Gate 7 International Awards. We've done it now twice. This season will be the third time that we do it. Watch this space. Keep your eyes out. Uh, keep your eyes open for that. Subscribe if you're tuning in for the first time. We're Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. What else have we got here? No, but but for real though, I mean, we were talking about personalities not coming through during the big games. Pascalakis was one of the very few personalities that would come through during the season before the Panathinaikos game. He has been so consistent. Huge saves tonight. That Pineda header, the the one-on-one against uh, Araujo. I am definitely missing some more. A a big save against Vida as well. Incredible. Absolute. uh, By far the best goalkeeper in the league right now. And as for the Vatslik thing, like I said, like if if Pasalakis gets injured, Zolakis comes in and he puts together a bunch of shockers, I won't listen to a word of people calling him names, calling him a fraud, fraudzolakis, fraudlikis, not a word, not a word. I'm, I'm listening from that. 
Well, regarding the comment that was from Outlaw Jorge about Pascal Lakis being the best goalkeeper in the league stats-wise, we've put, we put the stats up. I mean, um, we have the stat card for Olivia, for Pascal Lakis. I have it in front of me. He was, before this match, he was uh, he's the goalkeeper with the least goals allowed per 90 minutes, allowing one goal in every three matches. Uh, that's the best in Greece. Uh, and he is second in prevented goals per 90. So he's, again, second to uh, Julian Cuesta over at um, Aris, Aris, who has had a – he's actually had a pretty good season, all things considered, despite the fact that Aris is not doing well. He has to make a lot more saves, double the amount of saves usually per game than Pascalakis. So there's more volume there. But Pascalakis is second overall in prevented goals per 90. So this is a metric that's measured for when shots are on target, not off target. And when that shot's off target, how often it goes into the goal, which is obviously a much higher XG, much much higher value than otherwise. And the fact that he's saving more of those and he's preventing those goals, it's a very good sign. So um, he's done a very good job. I'm very happy to be proven wrong for, uh, on that end. It's, you know, it's a very pleasant surprise. Very pleasant Absolutely. surprise for sure. Um, can, can I echo this point here, guys, over... 50 of you, there've been hundreds of you going in and out of the show. Hit the like button, show some love. Doesn't cost you anything. Really helps boost the channel to get out to more folks around the world that want to join this community. So if you haven't done so already, hit that like button. Do us a do us a small little favor there. Um and the and Johnny, Johnny, uh, our friend from Australia says I'm being a bit harsh on Vachlik, European pen saves. To be honest with you, mate, you know. Where the penalty saves a blessing or a curse, you could ask, uh, given how we performed in the Europa League. That's a different discussion, but I won't take that away from him. Of course, he, you know, he brilliant, brilliant. And you're, play, you're playing Panathinaikos twice and Panathinaikos love to get penalties. They got one tonight. <laughs> they got another one tonight. Yeah, no. It's yeah, but what do I want like him to save a penalty if he can't come off his line to take a cross? Literally, literally Costa. Like, I swear to God, the beginning of this season, every single team that we played against, I swear to God, every single team that we played against, when Vachl Thomas Vachlik was in goal, the instruction from the manager was, get the ball to the wings, cross it in as soon as you get an opportunity. It was chaos. Like, like and it I was said, chaos. Every time like the ball said, came in from the from the wing, let me finish. Every time no, a ball came in from the wing, keep keepers on his line, keepers not coming off his line, and the defenders are done like it was. It was a shit show the beginning of the season. Am I wrong? No. Like I said, like I said, if Pascalakis gets injured and Zolakis has to play, and he has shocker after shocker in the playoffs, I'm not listening to a word of it. Like I'm not it. listening Whatever. to any. I'm not listening to a word. No, no, because there's a lot of people who are happy to see Vatslik go. The thing about goalkeepers is that only one can play there. You can't meddle with this thing. There can only be one, and they have to be a goalkeeper. If Zolaikis comes in and has shocker after shocker, I'm not listening to a word of it. That's not a fair word. Enough. That's fair enough. Uh, guys, we are about an hour in. Did we want to move on to man of the match and coach's grade? Yes, please. You got it. Um Guys, if uh, I believe the poll is still up, is that correct, Costa? 
Yes, it is. So we've got a poll up. Uh, we've asked this question many times this season. Can Olympiacos win the title? I said it before Christmas. We're going to be asking this question every single episode. We've seen this go from 90% down to 45 to 50 Every single episode, I swear this changes. So almost a couple of hundred of you have voted in the in the, in the poll. If you haven't voted in the poll, easy. Again, uh, make yourself part of the channel. Can Olympiacos win the title? 83% of you saying yes. 17% of you saying no. So that's a, a large majority of you now believing again. Fantastic. And don't forget, guys, uh, with Man of the Match Coaches Grade, go ahead, drop your Man of the Match and Coaches Grade in the chat, and we'll get started with that. Who wants to go first? Who wants to give their Man of the Match? Costa K, Costa C. Who's excited I'll, to do I'll man go of first. Match? I'll go, go first. I mean, Man of the Match, there's there's quite a few to pick from. I mean, there's Cedric Bacambu, there's Costas Fortunis. But personally, I'm going to go with Alexandros Pascalakis. Huge saves in a very difficult ground. Uh, that that say uh, that that point in the first half when he stopped that Aujo as well, so composed, didn't get a footing wrong, uh, inspires so much so much confidence between the sticks. Even after three nil, there was this sense that you know what, not a lot of we still didn't feel totally secured because of that game back in two thousand and sixteen or seven, seventeen when Olympiacos were winning two nil at Oak and Ike turned it around. And this is an amazing Ike team we're seeing. Like if they had gotten a quick goal, made it 3-1, it could have been a different story. Uh, incredible performance by Alexios Pascal. Like he has to be my man of the match. And uh, when it comes to coaches, great. I'm going to give him an A minus, Nitzel, because um, I still I, I'm, I still wasn't happy with his changes. Like it, bringing on El Arabi after losing Pepiel when it was obvious now you have to protect the lead. Uh, he should have been more defensive, in my opinion. Still, uh, a lack of tactics. It was so evident. The way Olympiacos moved the ball around before Pepiel, uh, some very, very rash decisions, especially from defense in the beginning of the second half. I remember Olympiacos had the ball at the back and they just immediately threw it like it was a hot potato and it went to Ike and they put together a dangerous attack. Um Still a lot of mistakes in defense, and I'm afraid that's going to cost us in the playoffs. We, we're still seeing a lot of poor defensive mistakes. A minus because he, he he picked up the biggest win uh, of the season, uh, the biggest result in Ayah Sofia. But still, we got to see more in the playoffs. It's going to get ugly in the playoffs. Costa? Man of the match. Uh, first of all, we put a new poll up, guys. So for those of you that are that are live right now, there's a poll up. Vote your man of the match. You got your choices there. Fortunis, Bakambu, Canos, other. I'm gonna be a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna vote a bit uncharacteristically tonight. I'm voting Cedric Bakambu, my man of the match today. Goal assist. I think the goal's. I mean, the pass is half the goal, but the way that he takes it and puts the ball in front of him, outpaces the defender, and then just like finishes with his left the way he did. It was like brilliant finish, and uh, and then the assist, the assist for for Canos's goal as well. He seemed a bit off balance, and Canos has done well to control it and finish it. But yeah, like I think. I, I don't think I've ever given man of the match to a striker this season. So I'm, yeah, gonna, not this season. 
Not this season, yeah. that's for sure. So I'm going to give it to him tonight. And you know what? Like, I don't know if Cedric Bakambu is going to be here next season, but um, but he's certainly done a like a he's done a job since he since he's come over from Marseille. And I think for sure there are going to be clubs interested in him in the summer as well. If he, you know, if he wants to go back to France or another league, like I think there'll definitely be interest for this player this summer. So he's he's done well. He's established his, himself as as the number one striker. I think Costa, you just made a point about El Arabi. I think El Arabi is for the games against Apollon and Lamia yeah. and. Uh, you know that those, sorry, those kinds of games, like not 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 these not these big games that we need to play these you know these playoff games that are coming up, maybe like 10, 15 minute cameos at the end. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us agree about El Arabi. Uh, coaches grades. I think I give I give Mitchell a B minus. On the night, we we got the win, so hard to give him, yeah, C. No, I think I can't be too harsh on him tonight. Um, I'm, as I, as I said earlier, I'm glad I'm glad Cano started the game, uh, because we were hearing that Masuras and Oleg might partner up on the left, which I was really dreading. I'm glad I didn't see that, and um, you know he he lives to fight another day. Uh, there's been some chat today about you know will he be. Will he be the manager next season? He has a two-year contract. I'm I'm still not convinced. I think the only way he does become, or he does stay as Olympiacos manager next season is if he wins the league. Can he do it? We'll have to see. Who knows? Maybe he does. We'll see what happens. Uh, at the very least, the game, the win today, gave us a little bit of a positive boost. So we feel we feel better at the very least. Maybe that's brief. Maybe it's not. Uh, regarding my man of the match and coach's grade, my man of the match, uh, Costa, I'm also going to go outside of mainly what people expect, especially since I just gave such a glowing recommendation of uh, Costa's Fortunis today. I'm also going to do Bakambu. And the reason being, my reason for Cedric Bakambu, uh, not just the fact that he had a golden assist, but we we've kind of dogged him a lot this year. Yeah, he hasn't really scored in big games. There's a lot of games where he gets a lot of opportunities and he fumbles a lot of them. Sometimes he'll score a difficult one, but he'll miss the easy ones. And today we didn't have an endless number of opportunities. Um, we had a, a handful of really big ones and he finished them today as we would expect him to. So I, I, I want to give him credit for that. So I, I want to recognize that he did a, he did a great job today, even had some involvement before the, the own goal as well. So uh, I do want to recognize that big shout, of course, to Cosas Fortunas, because I still think he had a very big role. If, if Bakambu was, uh, was man of the match, then Cosas Fortunas was like a very, very close second for me. Uh, Sergio Canos, of course, the guy's on fire. Uh, I, I love players like him. I told you guys, you would like him. If he brought the passion that we we expect that people were telling us about that you could see that David Fuster esque passion, we would love him and and we are and we are, uh, and the fact that he's doing all of this, of course, with uh, the fact that um, he, you know he lost his mother to get started like a couple days into the transfer here and that happened. That's crazy. 
uh, and you know, just gives you an idea of this guy's mentality. He's he's a rock. Shout the Pascalakis as well. The guy I thought had a great game. So those are those are my shouts. That's my man of the match. Coach is great. Um, I the decision. I still uh, the decision making like bringing El Arabi on. I mean, I get maybe that we had to, but El Arabi has just been. It's I've been very like back and forth about my feelings with Yusef El Arabi. I wasn't, a, I, I would have almost rather he just brought on another defensive player at that point. Um, the goal that I got came directly from El Arabi holding the, just the ball way too long and giving it up. If you guys remember, um, I don't know. I, I wasn't a big fan. I'm, I'm still going to give him a B plus. Um, if we're looking at the underlying data, the underlying game flow, um, I had us bested in the respect of the game being played. Uh, we were getting out possessed. They were they were dictating the pace of play, if not for a goal that was more so against the run of play. Then, I don't uh, I don't think that uh, you know. <sighs> this is a fun, the funny comment. Oh, <laughs> uh, let me guess. None of you have played striker. I was uh, I was a ten. I was a ten and an eight. When I played, I was a center mid, so we've we've both got midfield bias here. We do. I I'm very open about that. I have one hundred percent, one hundred percent midfield bias. But yeah, I mean, yes. Oh, thank you so much, Dr. For the donation. Uh, thank you so we much, really man. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, thanks for your hard work and for the best analysis in Greek soccer barn on guys. We really appreciate that. Keep going. We will, and it's because of you guys that we keep going i mean if and if you like the stats please check out our socials we have we're we're leveling up in the stat department in case you guys haven't seen we're doing a lot of cool stuff now um huge shout out to patrick kasky for teaching me how to do some of that stuff guys those radar plots if you like them just treasure that because this this is <laughs> this is it's really really stupid how long it took me to do this but now that now i have the template i kind of know what i'm doing but this took forever, but it gives you kind of a better visual of how uh, player comparisons are and like who's better at what and what things. The, the, the polygons that you see, this is percentile. So this is how these players stack up in Greece compared to all other players in the fullback positions. So as you can see here, Ramon, all of these offensive things, dribbles, uh, passes to penalty area, final third, progressive passes. He is in the 90th percentile, 80th, 90th percentile in like all of these respects versus Oleg, as you can see, is not. Now I'm going to find out better ways to visualize this so you guys can kind of see like more specifically, like is he below 50, higher 50? I have to learn how to do that still. But this is pretty clear enough to where you get the idea. Um, Oleg is better at some of those aerial um aerial duels ground duels types of things um but uh uh aries galamatis next time radial grid not cartesian what well, i'm getting there <laughs> i'm getting there i have to i i the problem is in tableau i don't know i didn't yet know how to like make a radial grid if that makes sense um but i've been taught now uh someone kind of explained to me how to do it so i might have that for you next time so hopefully uh you guys like that. And hopefully I get better at those moving forward. Uh, and then before we close up, uh, should we get a quick look at the table? Let's have a look. Here it is. So 
Panathinaikos back at the top of the table with 61 points. Ajax second with 59 points. Olympiakos stay third, 56 points. And Balk on 54 points. The the top six are set. So that means we have Panathinaikos, Ajax, Olympiakos, Balk, Aris and Volos going to be fighting it out in the playoffs. And we are now three points behind Ajax and four points off the top. And, and two points ahead of Park. That's important. Two points ahead of Park. Yes. So I mean, I, I think that's one of the most exciting league tables that you'll see in Europe yeah. right now. Yeah. For sure. Uh, this could go exciting. anyway. This is yeah. this can really go anyway, guys. But I gotta say, like, I, I have to apologize to every single Ike fan if, that's probably listening right now. Tonight, there's none of them listening. But if anyone ever listened to us. I have to apologize because for very long I've been saying that Ike are going to win the title. Guys, I really think Panathinaikos are going to win it. They're not going to let them not win it. They get really good calls. They don't miss a thing with Panathinaikos. If that was Panathinaikos playing against Ike, there's no way they wouldn't have left Oparina without a pen. No chance. Or a red card for Ike. No chance. Not a chance. No, do you disagree? No, I don't. Referees have been perfect with Panathinaikos. They don't miss a thing with Panathinaikos. We're going to see penalties. We're going to see red cards. I'm telling you, Panathinaikos are winning this. <laughs> there's no there's no way we're not getting a big win against Panathinaikos, I swear. By the end of this season, I swear. Oh, we got to get one. It's due. There's no it's way. Due. Calm as a bitch. Calm as a bitch. That's all I have to say. Like after the after the game that Costa and I attended, the nil nil with the offside goal, my god, for sure. I gotta Ugh. say, though, Steven Zuber ruined something for me tonight because for days I had been asking you guys on WhatsApp, do you think Olympiacos can pull off a Liverpool? If before the Liverpool match I told you Liverpool are gonna beat United seven nil, you're all you'd all think I'm an idiot. And I was thinking, could Olympiacos go no Paparina and and pull a Liverpool? If Steven Zuber hadn't pulled, hadn't scored that goal, we, I could have gotten away to say this because three nil at your own turf, three one is nicer. Three nil though, that that's heavy. As long as it's not a Liverpool in a sense that they you know they won seven nil and then lost to Bournemouth one nil the next game. But oh, you know yeah, what I mean that... though. I mean, but no one could <laughs> yeah. no one could believe it that Man United were getting spanked by this Liverpool. So I was thinking, you know, in a way, Olympiacos pulled the Liverpool's zero wins in derbies, zero goals in three or four derbies, three derbies, actually, even though you have the most goals in the league, even though you have the top score in the league and the second most creative player in the league. It happened. Can, can, can I just say something like unrelated, but this really, this really made me feel sick today when I read it. It's a statement from what is it? This uh, Kleinheisler, this new signing of of Banathanaikos this January. Kleinheisler apparently made a like an interview. In, he gave an interview to Austrian media, and the quote that's appeared in the Greek press today is that my teammates call me skulls. Fuck. <laughs> my teammates call me skulls ah okay interesting my, like if he's Paul skulls 
I'm Ronaldo Nazario. <laughs> like, what? Like, and then, sorry, just to make contextualize this within our chat here, where's the comment that I found? A lovely, a lovely comment. Costa, are you sure they call him Scott? Or a mediocre team. Really? Are you sure that's not of a not that's not more of a Romford Pele thing? Maybe the translation got it wrong. Malaga, this guy spoke to Austrian media and said that his teammates call him Skulls. Well, okay. That 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 it says everything to me about Panathinaikos. They call this guy Skulls. Is it because he looks like him? I mean, he is pretty. I don't care. I don't care. Skulls (laughs) is one of the best midfielders to ever play the game for me. You can't. No, it's no, 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 no. You can't do that. It's so, so wrong. It says everything to me about Panathinaikos being a fucking mediocre team. <coughs> there's, there's nothing player they call him Paul Skulls. Anyway, sorry, that was my little rant to end up... Uh, it, it must uh, be his image. It must be his image. I kind of see the face. Kind of see the face. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Costa. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, all right, boys and girls. Uh, I think it's about that time. We've been going over an hour, almost an hour and 20 minutes here. It's been one of the long, a longer episode, but... Yeah. Not without reason. It was a good time. Uh, we're all in good spirits, of course. So never uh, never a bad thing as far as that's concerned. Um, do you guys have anything else you wanted to get off your chest real quick before we go ahead and close up? When's the draw for the playoffs? When's Are they going to be uh, – may- maybe they're going to need to do a bit of cooking now. Uh, maybe going to need to do a bit of cooking to make sure that the, you know, the, the, the way that the – the, the games go is favorable. Oh, no, sorry. That doesn't happen in Greek football. Costa, there's no chance we're getting Volos or Aris at Karaiskaki for our first game without Huang and Villa at BL. There's no chance. They're going to yeah. put us at Tubau or Pop, definitely. Or maybe Leoforos, definitely. But I got to say, guys, like Ike, I mean, this, this is huge for Ike. They need, to, they, they need to bounce back. They need to find a way to bounce back because losing your undefeated streak, look at Ronda Rousey. That ended her. I don't know. That's it's going to be very interesting because this is it. Ike have been hurt. Ike are hurt. They're wounded, and it's only derbies now. Only derbies, pretty much. I don't care if they find their form back or not. I hope it ruins. I'm talking. Them. I'm talking about Olympiacos, but this is amazing. This is perfect. This oh, is I perfect love it. Right there. This I love this. Yes. Yes. Well, maybe we should put on the same day as the Oscars. See how many we pull away. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyway, um, guys, thank you again for for listening, especially if you made it this far. Uh, love having happy episodes like this where we're not sitting here wondering why it is we can't win a damn derby. We did it. Doesn't matter if it, the game was ugly. Maybe we weren't the better team on the pitch, as it were, but we got the job done, and that's what matters. So thank you all for tuning in. We want to wish the best of luck. The volleyball team is playing in the finals uh, against Maccabi Tel Aviv, European finals. Uh, I believe our women's basketball team also has made it to the finals uh, for the the Greek women's uh, top flight, the top league in the playoffs. So good for them. Congratulations. And we're going to be rooting and supporting all of them. I think that is everything for the other sports. Uh, Basketball has games coming up this week as well. Euro league. I I'm not, I'm not really, I don't, I never check the schedule. I just see when I get the alert that there's a game and then I pull it up and watch. So check out basketball. Even if you're not a basketball fan, I'm not, 
and it's so much fun to watch. The team is the, they move the ball so well. It's really, really fun to watch them. So you guys should check it out. Uh, again, if thank you're you. Not, guys. If you're it's, not, if you're not getting any sex, it's the closest thing you'll get to it. <laughs> you went sex tonight. What's wrong with you? Anyway, anyway, this is gonna blow it out, man. <laughs> this is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans. We'll see you next time. Take care, guys. Oh,